1: Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 112, and the first of the Beyond Synth Summer Series. I don't know what that means. It's just the Summer Series, so we're gonna have uh, pretty much all new guests all summer. And I say pretty much because there is a returning guest, but it's somebody I haven't talked to in like three years, so, you know, we had some catching up to do, and that that was cool. I don't know why I'm saying it like it was in the past, because you're not gonna hear that show for like a month. Listen... The point is this. Thank you for listening to Beyond Synth. This is the best Synthwave chat show there is. And on today's episode, we are talking to Garth Knight, a.k.a. Jed or Gerald. We're going to talk to him just a bit. It's actually a pretty packed show. Uh, we are going to do Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick. I apologize for last week we didn't do any of the segments because I was hungover And that's the kind of show this is. We have a very special sponsor for the entire summer series of Beyond Synth, and it is Retro Revolutions, and I'm going to tell you about them in just a second. Uh, We're going to do the Patreon, we're going to do Keeping It 80s, and then we're going to go to Garth Night. It might even be like a long show this week, Um, but that's okay. Because you guys like long shows And uh, Garth Knight is wicked So I'm going to talk to you about Retro Revolutions In uh, just a sec But I thought we would uh, listen to a song first man. So this was sent to me This is Sunset Neon This is a cool one This is Never Dance Again never dance again by sunset neon. That's a cool track. Now, of course, don't forget to check out downtojam.com, D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M dot com. That's a social networking site for musicians. If you're looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out downtojam.com. It's a good way of uh, finding other people in your area if they're playing music and stuff. And uh, don't forget to check out Piccolo Joe, all right, piccolojoe.com. They make shirts, okay, with some really fun designs. And, uh, you should definitely check out that site, Piccolo Joe. Remember that. Today, however, I want to tell you about Retro Revolutions. Alright? Now, Retro Revolutions is a cool guy. It's a cool guy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have any ad copy for this one. Uh, it's a dude called Jarrett, and he does really cool things. Now... If I were to simply read the blurb on his YouTube page, if I were a lazy person, I would say that, uh, welcome to Retro Revolutions, the dream lab where we turn ideas into reality in a hack and slash mod show for the viewers by the viewers. Now, what that basically means is this, and go to Retro Retro Revolutions and uh, subscribe to this dude's channel because what he's doing is really fucking cool. They take old consoles, I say they, I think it's just one dude now, but he, he did a few episodes with uh, some other people. But this dude is like an electrical like engineer type dude, okay? And he's, he's done some fucking wicked shit. He's worked on like oil rigs and stuff like that. But now he's focusing his powers for good by modding old consoles. And if I am correct, I believe he's the first person in the world... To consoleize a PSP, so he's actually like gone into the circuits, taken a PlayStation, uh, the PSP handheld system, and actually rewired it and put it in a PS2 case, so that you can actually use it as a console. And he puts videos online to show you the steps and, like, the process that goes in to uh, building these things. And he's uh, he's just starting out, like, his channel's fresh. And uh, definitely give this dude some subscribes, because what he's doing is really cool. And Retro Revolutions is, of course, sponsoring the whole Beyond Since Summer Series. So I'll be talking a lot about Retro Revolutions uh, in the summer. But definitely check it out, okay? I mean that. Give it a sub, because it's really cool stuff. And it's way over my head. As you know, I tried to fix an iMac one time and I also tried to fix an iPod touch one time and here's what happened my iPod touch's button was stuck and I went online and they said hey you can just uh, take a q tip with um Alcohol on it and rub around the edges, and that might remove the gunk that you can. It's and it's still stuck. And then I saw videos like, Oh, here's how you open up an iPod Touch you run a credit card along the seam, and you can sort of open it in half like a shell, and you can, you know, clean the inside. So I did that and cracked my iPod in half. All right. And then, you know, my wife made fun of me, and there's this whole joke, Oh, haha, you know, I'm real shitty when I try and fix things. And then I decided for some reason I was good enough. To replace the hard drive in my 27-inch iMac. The computer that literally costs, like... Well, no one ever has enough money for an iMac, okay? It's a sacrifice. You have to make a sacrifice to buy these fucking things. And I fucking hooked the monitor up wrong. The wire was loose, and I didn't get a picture. And then when I tried to re take the screen off, I fucking crack the screen, like an asshole, and I'm still using that computer to this day, and there's a big fucking crack in it. So, when I see people working with electronics and doing all this stuff with, like, soldering little things together, it's like, it blows my mind. Anyways, check out Retro Revolutions, alright? It's really cool, and uh, I definitely want to see this guy's uh, uh, subs go up, alright? Don't worry about the subs for Beyond Synth, I'm fine, but uh, check out Retro Revolutions. All right, now let's listen to another track. So you know what? Since we're in the Summer Series, I'm actually going to listen to one of my track I love. It's an old track, but uh, it makes me happy anyways, and I feel like it's a good, appropriate track to kick off summer. And this is Highway Superstar. An oldie but a goodie. This is Emotional Passenger. Passenger by highway superstar. That one puts a smile on my face. And uh, let's let's fucking keep it eighties with Marco Merritt. <laughs> been 80s with Marco Merrick. <laughs> hey Andy, hello everyone. <laughs> How are you today? I'm pretty good, pretty good. A lot of time has passed since we recorded last,
2: <laughs> and I'd like to know what you've been up to. Uh, I'm still playing a lot of video games, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know what, I've been watching a show, um, this isn't 80s, sorry Lou, I've been watching a show uh, by Bill Burr. It's like a cartoon called F, F is is for, for Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that? Have you watched it? Yeah, I've watched it. It's good. Yeah, I really like it. I love Bill Burr. He's, I mean, he's like the funniest comedian think out there personally i mean yeah, no i, I like uh, i like bill burr yeah, yeah. he's a funny dude i love his rants and i love just some of the shit he said especially when he goes like even some of his interviews on um like the late shows i think it was conan O'Brien. he did mine and it's just ranting about oh just about funny shit anyway um so i've been uh, the second season's um been uploaded to netflix recently so i've been really enjoying and enjoying that and that's set in the 70s so, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's weird because it's like I I don't like
1: that time. You don't? <laughs> like when, when I see that uh, that time portrayed because like all the ugly that – because that's part of my childhood too. You know, when people talk mm. about how, you know, if you're born in the 80s, you're a child of the 90s, right, because that's when you're sort of growing up, like you're a kid in the 90s too, sort of. Yeah. And the thing is like I, I don't totally agree with that because a lot of my favorite things were in the 80s. I remember – maybe some people just don't remember their early childhoods as well but i do so yeah, I, do too. I do like a lot of the cartoons i watched when i was like four and stuff but mm-hmm. when you grow up in the early 80s you know all the furniture and the decor and stuff is the shit that was carried over from like the mid to late 70s so yeah you know as an 80s child you still have those fucking weird uh plywood wall things like in the fucking phones that are like that gross green yeah. color and uh yeah. so like that when I see that stuff that also reminds me of my childhood but the stuff that I didn't like that gross carry over the the fucking ugly carpets
2: and the weird colored furniture yeah. and stuff but that's not that's not their fault cuz that's when it takes place right <laughs> We had a big carryover too here in Australia, like especially in Perth. I remember, like, um I remember all the the brown carpets, the weird fucking dull wallpaper. Boy. I mean, it was like kind of psychedelic, but but not really because it was just dull. Mm. Um, and the brown corduroy pants. You remember those? Oh yeah, I have pictures of me wearing them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't think I'll ever wear those again Fuck no. those things are terrible <laughs> um. <laughs> There's some There's some pictures of me As like a four year old With a bowl
1: cut Wearing fucking corduroy suspenders Or something you know? oh, I need to see this But yeah man <laughs> But no it's a good show Like I like Bill Burr I think He's one of those comedians That won me over Cause I know hmm. My initial reaction to him was, ooh, I don't know if I like this guy. Like, when I first saw him yeah. Uh, do, I think he was doing, like, a guest on something. I remember, like, there's a few comedians like that who, like, won me over. And, like, mm. I was like, I don't know. He seems a little loud and kind of obnoxious. And then it was his bit. Because I'll watch any stand-up. Like, I like stand-up. So I'll watch. I'll give anyone a chance. Yeah. And uh, when he was doing his bit about getting a helicopter license and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And the the physical right. comedy of getting escaping a zombie apocalypse in your own personal helicopter, and the just the motion he does on stage and the sound effect he'd like he'd always fly up in the air and have like a big smile on his face like when he does the the <laughs> lift off motion. And I just remember finding that so funny. But yeah, no, he's a guy. Definitely, I love hearing him talk. He's funny, dude. Yeah, he's he's hilarious.
3: Um,
2: <clears throat> should we play track, Andy? <laughs> 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 Sure, man. do you know I don't know what to follow it up with. So, um, what, what do you got right. for me? All right. I've got an artist here that uh, I've really impressed me in the last year or so. He's, he's, he's incredible. He, his sound is very unique. Uh, I think he brings quite a harder edge to it. It's almost like a dance floor techno style that he merges with Synthwave, I think. Anyway, anyway. Uh, I'm talking about Weiss. And uh, his new track is called Starfighter. I love it. It's off the compilation from. Hang on a sec. Sorry. It will be on the compilation, uh, Magnetron 2.0. When does that compilation come out? Uh that's coming out on July the seventh, Andy. So that's probably not far from when the show is. <laughs> yeah, it might actually might actually be July the seventh. Who knows? We're pretty we're, close. We're, <laughs> we might. We might be
1: recording this a day or two before the thing goes up or a day after. Who knows? But anyways, (laughs) we are now going to listen to Vice with the track Starfighter. This is Vice with the track Starfighter. And that was starfighter by
2: weiss marco merrick's first pick of the week i was thinking we should we should keep it 80s shouldn't we i i, I don't know what what can we, <laughs> what can we talk about from the 80s yeah, what does
1: that mean we're <laughs> gonna talk about like centipede i mean like what video games if we if we want to talk about 80s
2: video games well, i guess did you ever play super mario brothers oh dude i was loved all the mario games I love number two. I think it was number two was probably my favorite out of the first three. And then obviously Super Mario World was just the fucking pinnacle, really, wasn't it? I mean, I remember when we bought home the Super Nintendo from the store and we had uh, Super Tennis and we had uh, Super Mario World and... Fuck Andy, I, I used to, I just stayed up all night. I mean, that's when the, That's probably the first time I realised I had a real addiction problem when it comes to video games. Like, <laughs> that I had to. I had to really moderate myself because my mum just let me play down how much I wanted, and, mm. and it was like, fuck. I'm not doing any homework. I'm not even seeing friends anymore. I'm literally just fucking playing. Mario World. Anyway, that one was, that was incredible.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't have my own console for a long time. Like, my dad would never buy me video games. Mm-hmm. So my brother got into video games, and I would play his system, but my brother's older than me by, like, six years. Same as mine. So we weren't, like, friends. It's, it's It's a funny age difference when you have siblings, mm. because someone mentioned that to me, because I was talking about... When I was having my own kids, I always find it weird Mm -hmm. when there's people who have their kids so close together, like, they have a toddler and all of a sudden they're having another kid. I'm like, Jesus, like, that's a lot of work. Like, you have a fucking toddler running around and you have a baby and like you got to keep track of all of them. Like, it's a lot of work. (laughs) And then they brought up, they said, well, yeah, but if you leave too many years in between, it's almost like you're raising two only children. And I never thought about it that way, but I'm like, it kind of was because my brother was six years apart from me, so really... It's not like we were playing together, Mm. you know, like, especially, like, when he gets to high school, like, you're not going to want to hang around, like, some public school kid. Yeah. So, really, um, we were kind of doing our own thing. You are kind of like only children, in a way. I mean, obviously, we had more contact than that, but still. Yeah. Uh, it's almost more like a roommate than, than... You know a sibling And then he was out of the house Right when he He was one of those people That always wanted to leave So like when he was like 17, Uh, 18 Like he was just gone He was gone yeah Whereas I
2: stayed Well Like a lot longer than that (laughs) (laughs) Well I My brother's six years older And I was very lucky That uh, he was super nice to me Like he was very nice Like meanwhile I'm at school And you know, my friends would turn up, to, like, with a bruise or whatever. I'm like, what happened? Oh, my brother fucking hit me because I, you know, went into his room or something like that. Yeah. I had... That was a complete opposite. My brother was super nice, shared everything with me. I was, I was really lucky that... Uh, I don't know. I still can't work out how he had all that music, man. He had all his records and CDs. I really don't know how he afforded any of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I was lucky because he had a wide variety of everything, from synth musics to metal to, to just everything, you know. So, I, I used to just go in his room, listen to his shit... Play with his toys Whatever he, he was just really nice So I was very lucky But the six years When it, when it sucked for me for, In my case Was when We got older Because I kind of missed the boat Of going out with him Like to nightclubs And all that shit Right Because he was six You know Like he'd be going out like, I wish I could go with you You know And like about, yeah, so. But, uh, but other than that, it's been, I was very fortunate, I think.
1: Yeah, see, my ours is almost like the flip. It's not like my brother was mean, but it's like, we're a very family of, like, people who are into their own thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, my dad's that way, I'm that way, that's what I've inherited from him. My brother's that way. We're We're sort of focused on our own stuff. Yeah. Like, I was focused on my creative things, my brother's an artist, he's sort of focused on his things, my dad's focused on his things. We're not, like, one of those families that, like gets together for like board game night or you know whatever like we're not those no, type shit. of families are like sitting around the table saying grace and shit like that's not what kind of people we are <laughs> heathens we're heathens so in some ways you know we're closer now as we're more adults you know like that that's where there's a sort of like more common ground cool. as as the age
2: I think as you get older, you have sort of more common yeah. ground, basically. But yeah, the age difference isn't a factor, really. Cool. Yeah, cool. What was your What was your first console then, Andy? Like, because you said you didn't have any for a while. I'm curious.
1: Basically, I would play my brother's things, but I could only do it when either he wasn't around or whether I had permission. Right, so mm-hmm. that's basically was the premise of this whole thing. So you know, <laughs> so he he had a Commodore sixty four. Nice. So I played that, and I have a lot of memories of playing that. And then um, and then he got an. In- Then he he did it weird because he was sort of like trading systems with people. Like I never quite understood if he was buying them new. I did that. I did that too. Yeah, so like every I feel like every year he had a different system. Mm. Like one year it was a Sega Genesis, and then one year it was a Turbo Graphics sixteen, and one year it was a a Nintendo. And then he sort of didn't like care about video games anymore. And a Game Boy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, my first console, so I played all of those systems. So, like Turbo Graphics, like Bonk's Adventure 2 was like the first game I ever beat. <laughs> I remember being like so proud. No one was home and I couldn't share that with anybody. <laughs> and I actually remember last week we were talking about uh, Dragon's Curse. And I remember the day my brother beat Dragon's Curse, which is Wonder Boy 3, mm. on the Turbo. And. He, like, was so excited, so he called me into the room to be like, Andy, you know, I beat the game, and I ran in, and then my dad came in, too, but then my brother had like fucked up his room. Yeah. So like I think at one point he was mad and like punched a hole in the wall or something. Oh, and uh and so when my dad came in, he was just so focused on that hole in the wall that like we couldn't enjoy the fact that the game had been beaten because <laughs> like he because he just walked in just like what the hell did you do to the wall? What did you do to the wall? And then like then the hole, then everything just became about that hole in the wall, not about
2: the game. Oh jeez.
1: But uh, my first console was a super... Inter- well, hey, we can, we can talk about that
2: fucking after the break, man. Play me a song, Marco. All right, I've got a new one from Wave Shaper, I'm pretty sure. Everybody that tunes into the show is well aware of who Wave Shaper is. Uh, he's got a new song out called Mega Fighter, which will be on his up-and-coming EP called Velocity, which will be released... Uh, actually, no, it'll be released by the time this. Okay, <laughs> I'll
4: do that again.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it is on his new EP called Velocity. Uh, great stuff, and uh, the cover art from Sam Todd Hunter is uh, nothing short of breathtaking as well. So, this is Wave Shaper with the track Mega Fighter.
1: Was Mega Fighter by Wave Shaper Marco's second pick of the week. <laughs> All right, so what were we talking about? Consoles. Oh, yeah. First console. console. So I bought a Super Nintendo. That was the first thing with a combination of probably like grandma's birthday money from the past like eight years and. A bunch of other stuff. And I was still, I was even late to that mm-hmm. uh, because when I bought the Super Nintendo, it had already been out for a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was always playing games at other people's houses and stuff. When it came to buying a console, it wasn't until I was in grade seven. And when I got the Super Nintendo, it was at the point where you could buy a Super Nintendo, two controllers, mm. Mario World, and Mario All Stars in the same box. For like 200 bucks or something. It was towards the end of the life cycle of the Super Nintendo because oh, I see. two years later was the 64, so I got it maybe in the middle to late part. And that was the right. first system I bought, and pretty much it was mostly just playing Mario and trading games with people, and Mortal Kombat 2 I eventually owned, but I rented it a lot first. Right. Uh, I loved Mortal
2: Kombat 2. Metroid... Well, I was, I was big into uh, Ghosts and Goblins series. I loved those games. So I had Ghosts and Goblins on the Commodore 64. Then I had uh, Ghouls and Ghosts on the Mega Drive, and then or Genesis, depending where you're from. And then I had uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the Super Nintendo.
5: So... <laughs>
2: you know what? I have never beat level one in that game in my life. they very difficult game. I got really good at all of them, particularly uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. I remember... I, I just played it so much, you know, and then and then the port the ghouls and Ghosts port to Mega Drive was very good. It was very close to the arcade. So about a year later I went up just random arcade in the city. I, I saw the game there and I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a go. And I think I got up to level four without even losing a life. Mm. Just fuck man, I used to play that to death, so but they're always such a challenge those games. They're ridiculous. And then you finish it and then oh no, you've gotta go way, all the way back to the start start again because you don't have the right weapon or something. You, there's only so you literally have to play through it twice. Oh man, I don't
1: even think I've gotten halfway through the first level. I, <laughs> have you seen um, I just downloaded the demo for Marvel Marvel versus Capcom, the new one. One of the characters, the Marvel characters is Lancelot from uh from Ghouls and Ghosts <laughs> or Ghosts and Goblins. And it's awesome yeah. too because like he's really tiny like compared to all the other people, like he's really short, but like he has the same run that was my favorite part of the demo. Is this like when you play Lancelot and you run across yeah. the screen? He, he does the same run as he does in the old game, like with the legs like extended. Like it, it looks really funny. That's cool. That was my favorite part of that.
2: Yeah. So we were a, a very gaming family, I guess. you Apart from my mum, you know. Like my very first memory, Andy, and I cherish this memory. Was I used to live sort of in really small uh, towns. In the desert in Western Australia, my dad used to work on the mines and there was no um, fly in, fly out, they call it. You know, they just situated the family up there and, and, and there was nothing much to do up there. But anyway, I remember that I don't remember the exact details, but I just remember a tent and I think they traveled around at to different towns and there was all these arcade machines and I couldn't believe it. You know, I was just, mm. I must have been about three. And uh, this is back in, I think it was in 82. And uh, my first memory is my dad holding me up because I couldn't reach the arcade stick and the buttons to play Galaga, and uh, I guess I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> Were they free to play, like for the workers? Well, actually, I don't remember. I presume you had to pay for it. I really don't remember, but uh, thats I think that's literally my first memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We had, the, we had the Atari to start with. That was in 82, I think, 83, and we had a Commodore 64, then um, we got rid of that, and then we had, I think next was Master System... Then the Mega Drive, then we got rid of the Mega Drive, we had the Super Nintendo, and Atari Lynx. Then we had a Game Gear, PC, which was great. I was lucky to have a PC during the 90s. We've had both the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation. My brother bought the Nintendo 64. I got the PlayStation, so we played a lot of video games. We had so many games, Andy.
1: Did you, oh, did you ever play, um, uh, uh, sorry, on, on the 64, have you ever played Goldeneye? Oh, my God. ha, <laughs> ha. I
2: thought that was one of the things we weren't supposed to talk about <laughs> what a game mate what a game I remember uh, I remember when I first got it uh, I think it was like a Thursday or midweek and I was I was like man this game is incredible and then there was a party on on the weekend I had a good friend who had a party on it and I literally just turned I, I didn't answer my phone and I just didn't turn up I just played I mean, I spent the whole week, it's like fuck going out! Fuck going to meeting people and going to parties. Yeah. I'm just going to play this game. That's when you know you've got a good game.
1: <laughs> when you cut off your social life. Um, well, listen, buddy, we could probably wrap this up for this week. Do you got another sure. fucking uh, track for me? Yeah? Uh,
2: all right, so I've got a track here that actually Dallas Dredsky put me onto um, Das Mortal, and he's got a song called Midnight Rendezvous featuring French Fox. I really like this one. Andy. And this is Das Mortal
1: with the track Midnight Rendezvous, featuring French Fox. And that was Midnight Rendezvous by Das Mortal, (laughs) featuring French Fox. And that was Marco Merrick's third pick of the week. And we're going to wrap this up. you have anything to add? I technically interrupted you when you were talking about the consoles you owned.
2: No, well, that's all right. I could go on and on. But we were a gaming family. And and, um, my dad used to play games with us when we were, um, like, with the Atari. But then he went off it. As soon as we got the Commodore 64, he just went off it for some reason. Mm. He, he sort of stopped listening to cool music, too. I think that's something that happens as you get older. I don't fucking know. But, uh, well, I hope it doesn't happen to us, man. I know, man. I know. So, no, that's it. That's that's. I didn't even know why I said all that shit. but um, <laughs> 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 No, uh, 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 thanks. That was a great chat, Andy. It's really good to relive my childhood, you know, talking about all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's all I've got to say, everybody. Keep it real and keep it 80s. Oh, That's right. You forgot to say that last week. Oh, I don't want to say it every week. I just thought sort of, <laughs> I <laughs> All right, man. It was good talking to you. Good talking to you, too, Andy. See ya.
1: And that was Marco Merrick and keeping It 80s. Uh, anyway, we got uh, Garth Knight coming up in just a second. Uh, let's go now to the Patreon. Alright, you guys, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That's a way you can donate money to the show. And I appreciate everybody who does. And today we're going to do the big list. So we're starting the Beyond Synth Summer Series. We got another. Uh, <laughs> uh, last week, since I was uh, in some sort of hungover coma, I suppose, I didn't do the Patreon. We have uh, a few new patrons from last week and this week. And I thank you all. Obviously, it's really cool that people donate money to the show. We've got some goals to reach. And once we reach goals, I set new goals. But uh, we're trying to aim right now for 500 bucks Because if we do, I'm going to start doing a, a live call-in show. I did a test last month. Uh, maybe like seven people saw that. Because I didn't advertise I was going to do it. And I went on Facebook and I did a live stream. And people uh, called in. I might release that some point just for people to watch. But the idea is to do sort of like a video call-in show and that uh, listeners of the show can can call in. And I'm uh, just working out the technology of that. The technology of that. Yeah, because uh, I want to be able to do split screen. So if people are calling on Skype, you know, that they can show up on the one half and I can be on the other half and we can have a very awkward conversation because that's what it would be. Anyways, I want to thank all the people who donate to Beyond Synth. There's Power 85, Brendan Callum, Roland Thiel, Rivonia, Bending Unit 22, Lunar Baboon, Knox Bello, Terrence Thompson, Nathan Winter, Russ Nice, Data Suck, Seach, Kanaz, Arjen 1981, Russell Hugo, Kyle, Junk Mail Jeff. Sorry, but I've been letting you down. <laughs> we'll read some junk mails in the summer, I promise. I do have a whole bunch that I've uh, stored up. And then there's Python Blue, Airman, Adrian King, Greeley, Mikey X, Square Wave Clothing, Travis Yakovich, Joshua Holland... Uh, this one looks new. Daniel Dexius. Thanks, Daniel Dexius, for donating to Beyond Synth. You're a cool guy. Your avatar is some sort of cartoon picture of a cat. That's probably a Patreon default. Or is that thing supposed to be a fox? Anyway, thanks, Daniel. You're cool. And then there's Lavinia Obscura. That name sounds fake to me, but thank you for your donation. Lavinia. Lavinia's a cool name. Lavinia Obscura. I'm assuming, of course, that that's a fake name. There's no way your real last name is Obscura, is it? That's like, well, a person who's like a superhero who's like, you know, before they get their powers, their name coincidentally has something to do with their powers. So Lavinia Obscura becomes, like, some woman who can, like, turn invisible and stuff. Because she'd be obscured, right? Am I reading too far into this? Lavinia Obscura! And then, of course, there's Zico. But Zico sent me a message, and I'm going to read it right now. Zico says, Hey, Andy Last, this pledge is actually from my wife, Sam Rubio. I'm a fan, yes, but she is, how do you put it, a lot more fannier. No pun intended. So, when you do the one time new patron shout out, could you say Sam Rubio instead of Zico? Thank you! Well, does this count if I say both of you? But, uh, anyways, that's from Sam Rubio! And of course, we all love Sam. She's always there in the chat, and she's uh, she drew a fun picture of me that's like anime style uh, a long time ago. And hey, maybe I'll put that on my Instagram. Because I got a goddamn Instagram now, right? what am i talking about anyway thank you very much for your support uh zico and sam but mostly sam because it's on behalf of sam and uh thanks guys gals both of you you're all cool you know you're cool right i gotta fucking tell you you're cool you guys are all cool then there's Replicant81, Katner, Zychorax, I-90RR, Mitch Wiseman, Jeff Block, Barry007. Wait, is that new? <laughs> Barry007. That sounds new to me. James Bond. 007. Thanks, buddy, for your support of Beyond Synth. I appreciate it. Double O I like the idea of like One of the Double O agents Being called like Barry O7 He's like the The George Lazenby Of the whole thing Actually that's not fair Because I actually like The George Lazenby one I know people shit on him Because he was only in one movie But I think that James Bond movie's alright it's got all the fucking hallmarks. It's got that funny moment where, like, he's waiting in that office and he, like, pulls up a Playboy. He's like, ooh, it's... <laughs> anyway, thanks, Barry. And then there's Shabubini Shabubinichek, Common Sense, X... Oh, no. Now we're getting into my $5 donors. <laughs> there's uh, Kai X-Riz Music. Joe and Lando, Roman, Bobby B, John Eternal, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Veilingo, New Gat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor Stu M Roz Pentland Dana Jean Phoenix Tristan Wade Raul Pud Aled Grant Bouvier The Barons of Santa Carla Look at me adding a the where there is no the Seattle Synth Starlight Fisher Olivia Mutant John Timothy Pierce is that new? That sounds new. Timothy Pierce. We've got Barry 007, and we got Timothy Pierce Brosnan. Oh, no, that's not new, because I made the same joke last time. <laughs> Timothy Pierce. Thanks, buddy. Corey Valentine. That's new. And if you haven't listened to Corey Valentine, check out their music, because it's really good. And maybe, just maybe, you might hear about Corey Valentine later on in the summer series. Who knows? Uh, thanks, Corey Valentine uh talented cats they're all digital band now it's very interesting and then there's orlando rodriguez neef whoa that's new right i've never said that before orlando orlando rodriguez thank you for your donation you're a cool guy orlando Orlando is one of those names, it's always, it's like a Fabio name. It's like whenever people are named Orlando, you know, you just picture them like on a beach, like looking into a sunset with their hair like blowing. Is that something that you do? Orlando? Orlando Rodriguez? Well, you let me know, man. Uh, it seems like something you'd do. And then there's Ethan Hennings. And, well, fuck, let's do it. We're going to do the Donation of the Beast, if you know the Donation of the Beast is where people donate six sixty-six, and there's enough donors of the Beast now that Hoo-Ha has prepared a jingle for it. Yeah. <laughs> so here it is, the Donation of the Beast. This is the Donation of the Beast. So, of course, there's Hellroy, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Unholy Rat King, and Straylight. These are all the donors of the Beast. Good stuff. And then there's Max Hutchings keeping the Beast in play with 667. The number of the you fight the Beast with. Then there's my lovely $10 donors. There's Jake Last, Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Fraser Davidson, Victor Garza, Ezra Van Dam, Winfield, Will Lowe, Polly Digital, Joshua Everson, Slunks, fucking Slunks, Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Tim Walmsley, Mike Shima, Shabugan, and Face Hugger, who I've just been informed it's not Face X Hugger, it's just Face Hugger. But he's got an X in there, and it makes me want to say Face X ex- X Hugger, but it's not. All right. And with the donation of the 1111 Lucky 1111, there's Chris Lane, and I fucked it up last time, and I said it many many times as Chris but it's not. It's Chris-A-L-I-A. chris, Alia. chris Alia Lane. So there you go. I'm saying it right now. chris Alia Lane. chris <laughs> Thank you for your uh, awesome donation. And then there's Jacob Wick with the donation of the 2288. He's a magical fellow. And then there's Chris Dance with his awesome donation of 25. But, of course temporarily for the summer Chris has been dethroned as the king of the Pattersons that's right you might be like how the fuck is that possible because of course uh retro revolutions as I told you before are sponsoring the show for the summer and we got retro revolutions with a fucking kick-ass donation of 77.77 which is fucking wild So this dude, apart from being uh, fucking super talented at uh, building things and doing all that stuff, is also supporting Beyond Synth in a huge way. So please support his channel, Retro Revolutions. I mean that. And you'll fucking get a kick out of it, because it's fucking cool stuff. And we had a big, long chat the other day, and he's actually a funny dude, so I might even have him on the show sometime. Uh, Yeah, and that's it, man. That's Patreon for this week. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, That was the big list. I don't read that one every week. just in case you're worried. Uh, but thank you for so much for your support. Uh, it means a lot to me. It really does. Let's hit some of those goals so we can make this show even bigger and better. I hate feeling like a salesman, but, uh, you know, I got to do what I got to do, man. I got to put bacon on the table to eat. Let's listen to some music. Let's listen to some music. So this is Time Stalker with the track Call for Vengeance. Call for Vengeance by Time Stalker off the album The Arrival of the Stalkers. So go check that out, man. That's a, that's a fun little track. And now, let us go to my conversation with Garth Knight. Alright, so I'm here with Garth Knight. Hello. How's it going, man?
3: It's going good, man. It's going good. Uh, Busy, busy, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, now, what is your name? (laughs) Because I see your name written down and I don't know what to say to that thing.
3: I have many names. (laughs) So is that fake? No, my real name's... Is your
1: Facebook name fake?
3: Uh, My my real name is Jed Leach, or Gerald Leach. Uh, Garth Knight is just a... (laughs) stupid pseudonym that I come up with years ago uh as a joke <laughs> and it's kind of can't get out it now so <laughs> can't get away from it. So it's it's Jed? Is that how you say it? Yes. Jed leach yeah. like that? Yes. Okay. That's it. <laughs> just rhymes off the tongue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this when I first saw it, it's a it's a unique looking name, so I didn't know. I'm just like, how the fuck does he say this? Okay.
3: <laughs> Good to know. I suppose it, you type in Jed and you Google, and it comes up some American education diploma thing. Oh yeah, GED. Yes, yes. that's
1: <laughs> A general education uh,
3: diploma. Is that what it is? I thought. Yeah, it's American, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't think we have GEDs in Canada. Well, we... uh-huh. I think there's an equivalent. It's like you know, if you if you uh, you know you went to public school and then bailed out and didn't do high school, you can like write a test later on in life just to prove that you're not an idiot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I think that's what the GED is. It's sort of like just to show that you have general uh-huh. working
3: knowledge, I guess. I've just obviously people listening will now know that I've actually googled my own name for some reason. <laughs>
1: well but you can't. I mean that's the whole thing when you have a unique name you can't really you're not going to come up with much besides I suppose yeah fucking American competency tests so what's
3: what's going on man oh man just um, well musically I just finished a video game over here in the UK a company just an independent company I've been doing some work for them for over the last couple of years just Independent zombie games for like PSP, Vita. I don't know if you guys have it over there or not, but uh, like the handheld things. Oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I'm not a gamer, so I really don't know anything about games or anything like that. Uh,
1: well, they're all it's international, just, uh, dude. It's uh, yes. <laughs> Sony would have a really weird uh, uh, marketing strategy if they just sold PSPs in the fucking UK.
3: I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but yeah, just been doing that and really enjoying doing the video game work and it's kind of took me away from doing my normal soundcloud stuff which kind of is a bit irritating in a way because you don't you literally don't have the the usual amount of time you would have to and energy to put in doing your own song in a sense it's good because it teaches you another skill doesn't it to write to someone else's brief, and then they're asking you to do it in an 80s style, because that's, that's originally why they get in touch with me in the first place, because they wanted it in a kind of 80s pastiche style of music for the video game. So it was quite a challenge, but it was good, it was good, and it was a good kind of relationship with the guy that runs it. And
1: So, were you doing music stuff before, and sound design stuff before, like Garth Knight, or how did that come about? Well, I was
3: going way back now, uh, prior to 2000 and 2009 I was working in an actual real recording studio not a a virtual studio that I'm doing now just doing assistant sound engineering with bands and recording these terrible heavy metal bands uh, doing demos and things like that Um, and then just got my own set up at home in my parents' house I was still with my parents at that time it was at the time when the technology was really coming to the place where you could literally just do anything you wanted in your bedroom with a MIDI keyboard Or a guitar or whatever And a microphone And the only thing that's stopping you Coming up coming up with something decent Is like Your ideas And then it just kind of progressed from there I mean when I started out It was terrible <laughs> Don't mm. get me wrong It was like literally Rip offs of justice Stuff like that Their cross album Things like that Trying to figure out how the hell they did it mm. And Just kind of Really bad Guitar instrumental songs. <laughs> i I thought it was Steve Vai <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, but it was just a learning process. And I first loaded up a SoundCloud song, but the account isn't there anymore. But it was as it was like a first kind of gas night track. It was an eighties thing, and I just done it because I wanted to do it. I wasn't caring about plays or people liking it or commenting on it or anything like that. It was just a total eighties montage type thing, you know. You know the kind of thing that I've, all the synthwave artists do these days. They've all got a kind of montage track, mm-hmm. a training track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, people liked it, so. And I really enjoyed doing it, so I just kind of went from there, really. Why uh, Why were you working in a recording studio? Well, it was a local one. The day job I had at the time was literally round the corner. It was a recording studio. I was in a band. And I was about 18 to 24 in a heavy metal band myself, playing guitar, and got to know the guys in the studio. And I just got to know the head engineer that well, that when the opportunity came up, just put my foot in the door and says, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty total luck, but um, it was good. It was good training. Well, let's uh, we'll
1: start. We'll start fucking going through some catalog here. Now, I I, I picked some tracks that I dug uh-huh. uh, over the years from Garth Knight <laughs> and so I'm going through them, going like, hey, okay, I like this one and that one. And that one. there's so many good songs, I mean, like you you make cool music, so well, thank you. I, I might get your your input from time to time, but we're gonna go back in the fucking history of of Garth Knight <laughs> And uh, here's here's a track I dug. This was from 2012, and it's got this sort of weird brassy sample which gets stuck in my head. It's called Autotron. And this is uh Autotron. By Garth Knight! <laughs> was autotron by garth knight and i'm here with garth knight right now jed hello so that you said that's short for something uh gerald gerald yes (laughs) (laughs) my accent is coming through (laughs) god i want to i want to be able to do your accent so bad (laughs) no you don't Well, it's just whenever I talk to people with accents, I I want to speak in the same accent. Like I've gotten into trouble that way before in my life. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not in a malicious or way, or like being a dickhead, but like when I'm around people with accents, I start to do like an accent chameleon
3: thing. Yeah, you're trying to be complimentary. (laughs) I've done it before in the past. and uh, I know what you mean it kind of backfires yeah <laughs> you're trying to just do it in a friendly way and it's just <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> they're offended I'll try and get it by the end of the show
1: maybe I'll uh, <laughs> I'll say a few things so uh, Garth Knight you a fan of
3: uh, Knight Rider uh, yes <laughs> yes pretty much <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody that listens to the tracks thinks I'm probably a David Hasselhoff obsessive and absolutely obsessed with Knight Rider but I'm totally not <laughs> I uh, watched it as a kid.
1: Yeah, the thing about uh, Garth Knight because I don't, I haven't seen Knight Rider in a long time. Yeah, and I don't remember the story of Garth Knight. See, in the very first episode of Knight Rider, mm-hmm. you find out that you see Michael Knight looked like somebody else, and then he gets. <laughs> plastic surgery to look like David Hasselhoff. That's right. But then later on in the show, he has a twin brother who looks like David Hasselhoff. So I I need to remember, (laughs) because it might be something so stupid like he got plastic surgery to look specifically like a guy who then when that guy shows up, they both look the same. Well, I think you've just highlighted a major flaw in the script writing. (laughs) Someone will fucking correct me, because I'm sitting here thinking... Why would he have a twin brother if he got plastic surgery to look like David Hasselhoff, but then someone's going to tell me, like, he got plastic surgery to look like the fucking son of the guy, and it's his brother, and like... No, it still doesn't make sense, because even if he got plastic surgery to look like somebody else, Garth Knight is his brother. Unless Garth Knight is somebody else's brother? Hey, all right, here's a thing I never do. I am interrupting the show because I don't want nerds to get mad at me, all right? So, you can hear us trying to figure out why Garth Knight looks like Michael Knight, and we're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, here you go, nerds. Garth Knight is the son of Wilton Knight and Elizabeth Knight and the brother of Jennifer Knight, Garth's appearance is almost identical to Michael Knight, except that Garth has a mustache and a small beard. The reason why Garth looks like Michael is because Wilton Knight changed Michael Long's face to look like Garth when he created the new identity, Michael Knight. So there you go, nerds. That is the reason, all right? We didn't know it at the time we recorded this interview, but I did the research, baby. I know. I know how it
3: is now. I did the research, baby. All right, back to the interview. But here's what used to get me about Knight Rider. (laughs) This used to really Even as a kid It used to annoy me When he's driving around in kit And you've, you remember the video screen He's got on the dashboard mm. It's like kind of 80s CCTV version How does it see round corners? It's like He's looking at the video screen And it's filming something that cannot possibly be filming Because it's like Round a corner Or it's over a wall <laughs> Or something like that technology's not that good (laughs) not even now (laughs) yeah no I know
1: (laughs) I know what you mean there's uh, I'm trying to think of some other examples on TV shows where that happens where you see the they do a camera and it's just wrong yes
3: it made up for it by having Bonnie the female engineer that used to fix Kit in it (laughs) that kind of distracted you from it or who was the the other one April yeah who else was
1: the the fucking there's that old dude
3: the hot female engineer (laughs) 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 Devon. yes Devin (laughs) Edward Mulher I don't even know what he did in that he just kind of walked around in a suit yeah he's
1: just an old guy (laughs)
3: yes
1: (laughs) that's what what he did (laughs) the other thing about Garth Knight that disappointed me when I saw it was that he has a big truck That's called... Goliath. Goliath. But Goliath doesn't talk. No, no, it's just a truck. (laughs) And I wanted him to talk, like, when it's just like, oh, Goliath. And I thought, oh, this would be wicked if he's got, like, a talking truck, too. Yes. And then uh, he just is just a guy who just named his truck. (laughs) Because Goliath doesn't do anything autonomously. Like, it's just a truck that he named. (laughs) like as a kid because I wanted the truck to also have a fucking voice because I thought well that's going to be fucking awesome if these vehicles can like fight each other while like you know Michael Knight has like a fist fight with Garth
3: yeah I think they must have blown the entire budget on the dashboard for Kit or something like that or (laughs) or
1: hairspray for Hasselhoff or something like that I love the idea that that's where the budget went it's just like (laughs) <laughs> Can we hire a voice actor for Garth? And it's like, not if Hasselop's keeping that haircut. We can't. <laughs>
3: Have you seen the blooper reel for Night Rider? No. You need to check the blooper reels, man. It's, oh, it's so funny. Is it hair related? Uh, no, no. It's it's like, like they're swearing or cursing. Everything. It's bizarre to actually see because you know it's like when you see it as a kid and you're so used to everybody being that they're all innocent and it's all kind of wholesome. It's a TV show, mm. and then you see them making a mistake and they're saying the effort and saying this and that. It's kind of mind blowing. Actually, yeah yeah, really yeah.
1: See. no I like to I like to see that stuff it makes me laugh especially <laughs> if it is from like a kids show or like something like that yes but I mean they can't release that stuff until like 50 years later you know I mean, it's just, <laughs> a weird <laughs> blurry behind the scenes tape yeah totally we use the
5: TDS to project a heat source into its launcher pal whatever the fuck that means fuck you kids <laughs> you any idea do this to them I guess, Josh I I only see voices only sees voices. What the fuck? I'll drive you. Okay. Nice
1: ass. Here, let's listen to another track. Okay. And then we'll fucking, uh, (laughs) we'll get back to more, uh, important conversation. Oh, yes. Uh, this is a track I dug, uh, it was another one from 2012. A bunch from 2012 I was gonna play, actually. It's kind of got, like, an Italo vibe to it. Almost sounds like a theme song, could be like a theme song for a show. This one's called Time the Healer by Garth Knight. was Garth Knight Crack time, the healer, and that's a cool one. Kind of a different vibe than uh, some of your other stuff, but uh, I dig that one. Yeah, it was a bit more melodic. Yeah, it kind of reminded me like it could be like a theme song.
3: <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah, it could be.
1: That's as like, in depth as I get to the music. I just listen <laughs> to stuff and I just go
3: like, "That's a cool song," and like, "That's all that matters to me." That's fine. It's that just a case of as far as I just remember come up with a melody. It was just, one of those things. was just come up with a melody, had to record it before I forgot it, and then just worked everything around it, and then just released it the same. Day, I think. I think I've done it all on the same day. Usually a Friday or a Saturday evening.
1: Now you said you don't play video games, but I see some like Castlevania references and stuff.
3: Oh yeah, I mean I did when I was younger. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I've got a day job just now that I work it, and it's like I'm the kind of enigma at work because <laughs> I don't have a mobile phone. <laughs> I don't have a PlayStation. I don't have all these things that the modern kind of mod cons that everyone else has. Mm. When I talk about games I'm talking about like SNES games, Super Nintendo games and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've still got I've got the Nintendo Wii with the Super Nintendo emulator on it and I still play the old games and that, but I'm not I'm not like a, a modern gamer. I play all these World of Warcraft things and all that. I don't don't do that.
1: Wait, so when you're doing like your work right now, do you mean like when you're scoring the game, like you're actually
3: going to a place to do the music? No no I'm doing it all at home. So then you have like another job? Oh yeah, yeah, unfortunately so in this day and age you need <laughs> you need two jobs. If I could do this full time definitely would but it's just not secure enough to pay the bills unfortunately but mm-hmm. again that's why I don't do many albums. I mean, some people I see releasing albums every I mean, two months I don't know how they can do it but <laughs> fair play to them. <laughs> um, I guess if you've got the time why not but I, I definitely don't but that's why I just prefer to do single tracks and make it as good as I possibly can and then just release it so it's out there is your other job like do you have like a full time thing or can you manage to fucking oh it's full time Monday to Friday ooh are you a businessman? <laughs> um, yeah you could say that <laughs> just uh... <laughs> it's supposed to be yeah it's like a furniture wholesaler really exciting do your co-workers know that that you are Garth Knight I think some of them do I think they've secretly checked out my links and Facebook and things like that. But uh these are people that I think they generally just listen to chart music and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're into the whole eighties revival thing.
1: <laughs> so then, how long have you been? What's what's the game that you uh you were working on? Oh, I don't, I don't even know the name of the the, the last one. I, <laughs> uh, I think it was just. <laughs> I love that you can be that far removed from video games that you don't even know the one you're working on. <laughs>
3: I know, it's just I sound so blasé but I don't mean to sound like that at all uh, It's just You get sent the brief And there's a working title at the time And then it gets changed And then it's really down to the boss Down in England Where he's running the, the company He probably changed the, the name of it At the last minute I think the, there was one called The Hungry Horde And that was a zombie game H-O-R-D-E The Hungry Horde. Mm. I think there's links up on YouTube about it just like trailers and stuff with the music And the funny thing about it is, it's not really 80s stuff that he ended up taking for it because we started off doing the 80s thing for it and it didn't work and then he just went for kind of more contemporary video game music so right. that's the breaks unfortunately but uh, it's a challenge it's like it's different when you're writing music for yourself it can be difficult sometimes mm-hmm. because you're constantly trying to impress yourself coming up with something thinking oh that sounds cool but when you're writing something for somebody else it's almost quite easy in a way because they'll give you some kind of reference to work towards and then that makes everything just easier because you know exactly the sound that they're looking for already
1: yeah 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 and then you can like instead of having to impress yourself you can just pawn off any old shit (laughs) (laughs) that's what you were saying right please don't tell them i'm reading between the lines yes yes (laughs) well cool man so what goes on in uh, in jed's life what do you do for fun if you're not playing video games Oh I play guitar Okay uh,
3: And see my friends When I can <laughs> Be uh, sociable With the wife And not spend all my time Stuck in the, the studio <laughs> <room>. <laughs> Because it's Quite easy to do that uh, But just I enjoy playing the guitar And a huge Metal fan in general But 80s metal Rather than The, the kind of modern stuff I just don't like The modern stuff at all but it's good I'm not one of these purists that says oh it has to be old school and that it's just I grew up with 80s metal so that's the stuff I like you're talking like Racer X I don't know if you've ever heard of them uh, Paul Gilbert guitarist I don't know if you've ever heard of him do you, do you want me to say yes or no or <laughs> say hmm maybe <laughs> God, there must be b- bigger bands than that hold on a minute um <laughs> Racer X Have you ever heard of Yngwie Malmsteen? No No oh. Are they good? <laughs> <laughs> are they good? It's, just, it's a single guy It's a Swedish guitarist <laughs> I like Sweden like Deep Purple Black Sabbath Those kind of bands Yeah 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 And your kind of glam Early glam rock bands like Rat and Poison Dokken all that stuff love it that's what you do you're just like fucking
1: sitting at home with your earphones on yep hiding in the corner you've you've pictured it exactly as it is yes (laughs) (laughs) well I'm married too that's how I feel because like My office is always, I've never had a proper office. Yes. No matter where we live, it it always ends up being like I'm stuck in the corner somewhere in some like weird room. And then, like, sometimes at nighttime, I'll be like in my office, which is technically just like in our living room. Yes. And uh, when it's like time for bed, my son, he like passes out on the couch. And then my wife will just be like, all right, good night. And just like shuts all the lights off while I'm still in the room. (laughs) All right. I feel like I'm in like the fucking uh, supply closet of like a janitor or something. And then, like, the the power (laughs) gets. <laughs> shut off to the building and it's just like oh okay <laughs> i guess i'm done i know that feeling
3: totally yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> well let's uh let's listen to some more music man we're gonna get into some other okay. things that you like to reference quite a lot which would be the transformers and this is a song called the war for cybertron by garth knight And that was The War for Cybertron by Garth Knight. And I'm here with Garth Knight right now. Jed, so you like Transformers? I see lots of Transformers references. Oh yeah, I love the Transformers, yeah. Total Transformers nerd. I wish I could do the voice of the fucking narrator. Like, when I get a cold, (laughs) I get a cold once a year for about two days it lasts. Uh and for that two day period of time I can do the voice if I go right up to the microphone and do the we now return to the Transformers
3: oh that guy oh yeah right I know who you mean I fucking love that guy man his voice he was in trailers as well I used to get the VHS videos back in the day you remember when they used to do like the feature length episodes but it was still really the series but they'd release it as a a single video so you could purchase it yeah and they would have the trailer for like the next video at the end of that one and it would be that guy he did the voiceover and it was just, oh, it was so cool.
1: My favorite one is. I think it's for the start of season three, mm-hmm. after the movie, and it's, uh, the year is 2005, <laughs> and the Decepticons have retreated to the burned-out world of Char. I just <laughs> love that stupid sentence, it was so, so <laughs> the burned-out world of Char. I love uh, the old Transformers, and it's weird because I prefer, like, the Generation 1 yeah. Autobots and Decepticons, mm-hmm. but I love the season three theme song oh yeah 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 the season three one's my favorite version and season three isn't bad Mm -hmm. it I just don't like the characters as much but I think there's a lot of really like there's an episode that still makes me laugh to this day where (laughs) Galvatron goes to a psychotherapist (laughs) I don't think I've seen that one yeah Galvatron is like sitting on the couch (laughs) getting analyzed or whatever and that's bizarre (laughs) it's a really funny one man and there's one where Optimus Prime says he set a booby trap to catch boobies that like that's one his lines what do you know a booby trap that actually catches
0: boobies (laughs) amazing a booby trap that actually catches boobies
3: do you know what happened to me just at christmas there i don't know if you just got it released over there at the same time but the release the the metal pack remastered version of the the movie the 1986 movie yeah and i got that and my wife got it for christmas It was like yes Put it on. I've i seen I must have seen this about a million times, right? You probably know this, what I'm gonna say. But you know when um you've got the the human guys on it, you've got the son and then you've got the dad that've got the exoskeleton suits things mm. and the dad's in a ship with Bumblebee. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And they're getting dragged into Unicron. Classic, classic scene. Do you know what I'm gonna say? The fucking
1: Oh shit, what are we gonna do now? Yeah. <laughs>
3: That, that was never in it before. I must have seen it a million times. I
1: wonder if they cut that scene from... Because I know sometimes in uh, the UK and in Europe, sometimes
3: they would trim certain things. Right. My jaw literally hit the floor when I seen it at Christmas. It was like, did he just say... <laughs> but I thought I said, rewind, rewind, rewind. Oh, yeah, man, that's classic. <laughs> that, oh, my
1: God. He fucking said shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a classic scene. Because <laughs> I've, I've heard of that happening in other things, too. Like, Which is weird, because in England, you know, they, they've got the watershed or whatever, yeah. where they can say and do things that, like, we couldn't show on our TV at that time. Oh, right, okay. But then they would censor things if they were... So I remember, like, in 1995, I think, anyways, they did this Doctor Who made-for-TV movie. Uh-huh. That's when the show was off the air, and then it came back, but it was produced by Fox TV in in, the, in America. I remember this, yes. So it was kind of more violent, like, it had, like, this gang fight with Uzis, and st- it's a terrible thing. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, like, they the british version they censored some of the violent bits but they, it wasn't oh, like graded okay. r violence it was just like they didn't <laughs> like the idea that there was like gangs shooting guns so they like cut
3: that part out of the british release a censorship over here is just it's different now i've noticed in the last 10 years it's totally different because i've just been buying all these old slasher movies from the 80s on blu-ray and they're totally uncut they used to be banned over here i don't know if you know this or not but in like 1984 they brought out this thing called the Video Recordings Act this was in Britain sorry and they banned like about 75 movies horror movies Mm. because of the the violence and the gore and the the blood and guts and things like that and they've been banned for about 30 must have been over 30 years but they're now totally uncut perfectly legal to buy released here and they've been it's like all Dario Argento movies and things like that yeah 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 and they're remastered in brilliant quality but it's crazy it's just all of a sudden they're now Decided Oh no you can see this now You know it's just bizarre How the the decision makers Change their mind
1: Yeah no it's it's interesting Because at the same time I mean I guess there was just Sort of different standards But like I would see Certain things like Made in England Like TV shows and stuff where Mm -hmm. they would say really bad words and things you know like we like that was a big problem over here is like the swearing Uh like we're all backwards Uh you know what I mean (laughs) I mean I'm Canadian so I'm we we had a bit more British TV uh, in Canada because we're part of the whole Uh thing but uh, bad words were terrible but violence was fine
3: yes
1: (laughs) and I feel like it was like the reverse in Europe where like they're fine with nudity and swearing but like violence was a problem
3: Uh it's a strange thing
1: yeah which is makes more sense to me that one Uh because I remember going to France and there'd be, like, commercials with fucking titties in them.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think they're a bit more uh, liberal in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I remember going on holidays abroad when I was young and going to, like, the video shops there and just, yeah, it was an eye-opener, totally different, totally different uh, set of values over there. But when I was in England, I
1: remember that when they did the Sunshine Girl newspaper you'd see their boobs yes whereas we had a we had a sunshine girl newspaper here but they were always wearing bikinis
3: yes yeah that's <laughs> that's strange that's just values that change over the years Yeah. I can now see the New York Ripper uncut and blurry but you can't a naked female lady in the newspaper which kind of makes sense I suppose in a way but <laughs> well we all
1: like to see female naked ladies man yes
3: yes we do I don't see a problem <laughs> with it. it I don't see any
1: problem with it I'm not going to bow down to some political correctness man naked ladies are just fine
3: that's what it is I think you just hit it in the head it's the, the PC brigade just come in and decide no this is sexist or whatever yeah which is dumb
1: unless well, but if they gotta just fucking make it even then just put a dong on the other fucking side like if that's <laughs> if that's what we gotta do now you know
3: Yeah, (laughs) we'll just fold that bit over and just ignore it.
1: (laughs) Well, let's, um, we're going to move forward in time here. We're going to go to the Mandroid album. Ah, yes. And uh, we're going to listen to a song that I dug called On the Run by Garth Knight. was On The Run by Garth Knight. And I'm here with Garth Knight right now, Jed Leach. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. So when you got the Transformers movie, mm-hmm. see, I like Transformers, but I, I'm not as big on the movie as everyone is, because I don't love the soundtrack of it. Like, I think the score is okay, but I think the soundtrack just muddies up some scenes that would have been a lot better without that music. Did you mean, like, the, the kind of quirky songs? Like- well, yeah, the, I mean, there's the Weird Al stuff, but I also think oh, yeah, yeah. when Optimus Prime and Megatron have their final battle, uh-huh. I don't know why you got the touches playing. Like, I understand You got the touch For the part where Optimus is like Approaching Megatron In truck form Mm -hmm. But then once they started Actually like Fighting each other That song should have Just stopped right away Uh, Yeah, that's
3: that's quite a good Opinion actually Because I never actually Thought about that There was I think there should have been More score music Like you say Mm -hmm. Like the kind of key dramatic scenes like that yeah that probably worked well but I suppose it was just a case of them just get all these hit singles into the movie as much as possible and <laughs> get all the Stan Bush songs in there we yeah. have <laughs> got, got a five minute gap there like, just put it in there again it's so weird like it just it doesn't fit like when I watch certain
1: scenes in that film I just feel like why is this it's like you got the touch and he's like I'll rip out <laughs> your optics and like but you got the touch is still playing
3: <laughs> yeah to, uh, opposing vibes two opposing vibes
1: it does do score music for the scene where Optimus dies, mm-hmm. and then that works. Which is amazing. The score music is
3: astounding, yeah. I
1: love how uh, they just really overemphasize his death. Like, that's my favorite part. Like, he fucking dies, his voice stops, and then his eyes shut off, and then gray. his whole body turns gray. <laughs> like, it's. Yeah. Like- it just keeps going. Oh, it's horrible.
3: I remember <laughs> seeing that as it, it must have been about 10 or 11. I was so upset.
1: <laughs> In hindsight, the thing that was also upsetting was they never replaced him with anyone better. That's the problem. Like, Rodimus Prime was no fucking replacement for Optimus. No. No, you're right
3: there, actually. But do you know what? I learned this, and this is to do with internet again and youtube comments and things never realized that in the movie the reason for killing everybody off in it was just so they could release the new line of transformers yeah
1: (laughs) it's awesome right because in the show it's amazing how you know you've got two seasons of like 80 episodes because each season has like 60 episodes in it of them shooting at each other all the time and never getting hit yes and uh and then all of a sudden the movie starts and like Megatron just like shoots a whole bunch of Transformers like with one shot and they're just dead yes. and it's like okay <laughs> like <laughs> I guess
3: I love the movie man it's just uh, the series is brilliant it's great but the the movie's kind of up for me what I don't like is what they've done with the, the Michael Bay versions is just oh.
1: I sit there and I think okay what would I do honestly like I think I would have had the Transformers, even though in the actual context of the cartoon, mm-hmm. they do take place in the 2000s, right, in the future. Yeah, but they're all driving around in 80s vehicles. Like, I think I would have just made Transformers the movie. I would have given it, like, a retro mm-hmm. style. like Because I would have kept the vehicles the same. Oh, yeah. So I would have done whatever I had to do to make the vehicles be the same as in the cartoon. Uh-huh. And the Michael Bay movies are just way too busy, and they don't focus enough on the Transformers. Like, I love the cartoon, and there's, like, one uh-huh. person. There's, like, there's the dad, and then there's the son, and then the rest of them are uh-huh. all robots. And then you watch the That's movie... Right they're like all two hours and like 40 minutes long and like uh-huh. two hours of that is like wacky human characters fucking bouncing around oh yeah and i'm like who gives a fuck about these people like
3: <laughs> i don't care like i'm here for the robots and like it was on a few weeks ago over here on cable tv and i thought right, i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna give it a chance and i'm gonna see is this actually any good or not and this was like years after seeing it before and mm-hmm. I got about forty-five minutes into it, and I just—this like, is so bad. Which one were you watching? Dark's was it? Darker the Moon. Is Darker the Moon the third one or the fourth one? Possibly. Can't even remember. But it was just so bad.
1: Yeah, it sucks too because they're so—I mean, I've said this a million times. It's not like an original thought, but they're just so overcomplicated mm-hmm. that you can't see what's going on. I can't tell the characters apart. Yeah, and I don't understand what's going on, like in the action scenes, because they're just so busy. Like if they literally yeah. were blockier looking. Robots, it would actually make the movie better because you would be able to go like, "Oh, I see what's happening." Like, Uh they're so busy, like, there's so much shit going on Mm -hmm. that even when I guess a transformer is just like standing still, like staring at the camera, it feels like there's too much happening on the screen to
3: like pay attention to. Think of the budgets they must have spent on that, and the amount of manpower and just expenditure on it, and the end result is just compared to the animated movie, it's just like a different level. It's just. Crazy, I mean, the creative input to the animated movie. We're talking about the just hand drawn cell animation, some cool voice actors great uh, composers for the score and some cool songs versus the multi-million dollar budget of the, the Michael Bay versions and it's just crazy the end results
1: yeah it's, it's disappointing because like my personal take on it would just be the movies don't have to be as big first of all like they're just so big all the time Yeah, but like yeah. there's no I don't care about anything that's happening so it's like it doesn't matter if you blow up a building if like you don't <laughs> give a shit about the characters or <laughs> what's going on Yes, especially when I watched like the first film and everyone kind of was it was made. But people were generally, like, happy about it. But I still wasn't. I was like, that movie gave me a headache. (laughs) And I remember going, like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, the Transformers didn't even, like, show up for, like, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. My issue is too because they focus way more on the human characters and the robots don't talk like characters. Yes. So like everyone made a big deal about Peter Cullen is you know Optimus Prime that's so cool they got the guy. First of all, he doesn't sound like him he used to anymore. No. Anyways, no, it doesn't. And also he just was like a quote machine. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was a character. He would just walk around and be like one shall stand and like <laughs> and everyone's like like the nerds are happy because he said the line from the cartoon. But oh, like no no like yeah, I, I, I want him to talk like a character involved in the story
3: yes because when they'd done the animated movie they'd done it as more or less separate from the series because it didn't really follow in, in any particular story arc from the series they were just trying to make essentially a hyped up feature-length version of the series with all the char- same characters and they just kind of ramped everything up with the the quality of the actors and the voice actors with like leonard nimoy and orson wells and all that kind of crazy shit happening But with the Michael Bay ones It's just like They've probably had about 60 people involved In the creative team With all these silly wee ideas And they thought Oh let's have them say this That'll sound cool Let's have them say this At that point That'll sound cool That'll satisfy the fans And I can picture them all Sitting in their wee meeting room Just coming up with all these mm. s- Silly ideas <laughs> It's probably just me Thinking about that But well, I, no, I the, did you probably...
1: Did you see the second one With the Constructicons?
3: No I didn't No I didn't see that Dude
1: no. there's a scene where the constructicon like comes together and it's just this giant cobbled nonsense machine <laughs> that has a scrotum <laughs> like that and it's a joke because he's a construction machine, so he's got two wrecking balls oh, really? that fall down and make a fucking bag. <sighs> And, like, it's a joke, sort of like a comic moment where, like, the camera pans (sighs) up and you see the thing has, like, these big balls. Like, it's fucking terrible. Like, it's (laughs) terrible. But I'll tell you what's cool, some fucking Garth Knight, and we're going to listen to some more right now. And speaking of Transformers, this is a song that you did in 2016, another Transformers reference one. This is The Legend of Unicron by Garth Knight. I wrote Legend of Unicron, Uh and then my stupid spell correct changed it to Unicorn. Yes. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Have you heard the Orson Welles outtakes? from? Fucking Undone? right. Those are so fucking oh, good, dude. I love... That, that should go down in the annals of history as the greatest outtakes ever. <laughs>
1: fucking Orson Welles. There's two videos that are amazing, right? One is the frozen peas. Mm-hmm. Fuck, where he's going off about the frozen peas and how the language is wrong. Oh. I, I love that one. And the other one that I love is him drunk. Oh, yeah. On the set of that Paul Masson wine.
3: I think that's the one that I've heard... It was just an audio-only thing.
1: Oh, no, there's a video one where, like, you see him wasted. Oh, right. And, like, oh, it he, he's on set, <laughs> and uh, oh, cool. and he's just like, There's a French champagne, my bone. my son. It's so fucking good. It's so good, and, like, the other actors around him, like, are being super professional, and he's clearly yes. just fucking drunk. Like, it's,
3: <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, I love that.
2: Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence there is a California champagne by Paul Masson inspired by that same French excellence it's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne it's vintage dated so Paul Masson I went to film school and we had a
1: teacher who was trying to teach us, you know, like uh, film history and stuff. I always got a kick out of just bringing up terrible movies (laughs) just because it made me smile. Like, you know, when he's talking about like Citizen Kane and like I would find any excuse to talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation (laughs) because that that movie shouldn't ever be mentioned like in life, let alone like in film class. So like I, so I'll always bring it up because it's such a terrible film. In that class, everybody got a kick out of because he was always talking about how great uh, you know Orson Welles and Citizen Kane was, and then just like you know he was like the he was the voice of fucking Unicron and Transformers, right? And the, the teacher had never <laughs> never even heard of it and didn't even understand what he was talking about, and it was just such a funny thing to
3: bring up. <laughs> That's the thing about that, it's like in the days the I think they just had the less studio interference, I had a bit more freedom to say let's try and get Orson Welles, <laughs> and then. They end up getting them. He agrees to it, then they end up getting Leonard, Nemoy, all these other cool character actors as well.
1: Although I will say this, man, I think the cartoon I like the voices better in the show. Oh in the series? That's my personal thing. I I I, I like all those classic voice actors who like mm-hmm. like Frank Welker and shit who does like oh, yeah. you know, like a thousand voices. Cause I felt with the celebrity voices that they do in the movies, there's something about their performances that are just slightly different than the way the voices sound in the cartoon. I mean, I get that they're playing Uh, different characters and eventually they got replaced anyways, right? Because like Robert Stack only plays... Oh, fuck. What does he play again? Who's the... God damn it. The one who you think is going to replace Optimus, but then... Uh, Rodimus. Rodimus ends up doing it, but there's the other one that's clearly like... Oh, uh, Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So it's like Robert Stack is Ultra Magnus and then when the show started Uh in season three, all the voices were just regular cartoon character (laughs) actors again. Like, that's the problem with the new movies It's like it's who cares who does the voice (laughs) Because it's like they're not saying anything cool And they just like I don't know there's just something distinct About the show like when you watch the show And the characters they stand out and Some of them are shitty like season 3 introduced shitty characters. I guess, mm-hmm. well, they kind of introduced them in the movie, like Blur and who- that one that rhymes all the time. Aww. There's that, that little pink one that speaks in rhyme.
3: T- I think they were trying too hard to make them original.
1: That happened a lot with, like, cartoons I liked as a kid because I love 80s cartoons. I'm like, real Ghostbusters is, like, one of my favourite things ever. And Oh, yeah, cool. There was always some sort of shitty, like, stuff for the kids, and I feel like Slimer <laughs> in the real Ghostbusters, you know, the other characters are funny, and then there's, like, Slimer, and he talks, like, like this fucking baby voice, and, you know, he's annoying. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And the same with Transformers, like, when they introduced fucking Wheelie, that's it, fucking Wheelie and uh, Wheelie? Blur. Yeah, that's right. Because then Blur kept... He's doing that thing where he's meant to sound like he's talking really fast, but it's really just gibberish. <laughs> was that not Scatman John? <laughs> I wish it was Scatman John. I'm almost certain that was Scatman John. Do you you know Scatman John? There's no way Scatman John is fucking blur. I'm sure that was Scatman John. Hold on. No fucking way. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, if he was scatting, that would be one thing. Okay, we're going... Internet movie database... This is the uh, research portion of the show. I want to get the cartoon. The movie. There we go. 1986. Okay, here we go. Okay, Scatman John. Let's find him here. Scatman Crothers is the voice of Jazz. Jazz is like uh, one who he talks all cool. That's right. That's the guy from The Shining, I think. Yes, yeah. He's the one with The Shining who gets gets the old axe in the back.
3: That's right, yeah.
1: Spoiler (laughs) alert. Who hasn't seen The Shining? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Blur is the one who's like but then if we don't then we do and then if we don't it'll do like, and it's that's right, yeah. he's supposed to be fast talking but it's just gibberish like they should have just got a regular person and just sped their voice up <laughs> anyway that's <laughs> <laughs> we're tackling the big uh, important topics today the big issues <laughs> <laughs> here let's listen to another track this was um, one from 2016 this is a track called Proteus by Garth Knight That was Proteus by Garth Knight. And I'm here with Garth Knight right now, talking about Transformers.
3: You know what I was going to say? Yep. We are talking about we're getting deeply involved in the <laughs> production issues there. What annoys me these days about the whole internet community and the Michael Bay movies, and what I don't want to happen is like, people thinking the Transformers as the Michael Bay movies, the next like, generation of kids. You know, I want people to remember that the Transformers was started in the 80s,
1: you know? Well, I've been trying to show my son some of the old shows. I mean, I put Ghostbusters mm-hmm. on all the time, and I love Transformers. Uh-huh. <laughs> the animation in Transformers is terrible. Yes. <laughs> like, the movie... You know, there's a lot more frames of animation. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, like, the cartoon is like five frames a And there's always fuck ups uh-huh. in the cartoon. Like, they, every episode you will see the wrong Transformer speak. <laughs> like, the wrong voice will come out of the wrong like Transformer. You'll mm-hmm. see them painted are, incorrectly. Are the arms, arms sometimes
3: disappear because they forgot to put the cell on. Or? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that happens all <laughs> the time. And color as well. Like, yes. you'll see a Transformer, and then all of a sudden he'll be in the background painted incorrectly. <laughs> and and every episode has those I don't think I've seen a single episode that
3: is completely flawless the worst one I saw was the the return of Optimus Prime do you remember that one where he comes back ah it's a classic man yeah well that was like my favourite for years and again they released that one VHS over here as a separate video yeah I have that too Uh, I have that
1: VHS yeah
3: oh excellent excellent well when I seen that in the shop I still remember (laughs) saying out loud ah and just running and grabbing it and buying it because I thought oh my god they've brought back Optimus Prime and then I put it on in your... It was just amazing But the animation Sometimes in that is terrible You've got arms disappearing And there's a scene Where Optimus You know it's a, The whole story About the spores and Infecting the Transformers mm-hmm. There's a scene Where Optimus is grey And then it cuts To somebody else talking Cuts back to him And then he's in his Normal colour And then it cuts back And he's grey again <laughs> and it's just It's just crazy <laughs> I,
1: I think there was A reference in that That I don't think I got until a lot later Because I think they were Like referencing A commercial on TV Because there's a line Where you know Every time they'd t- touch each other and they'd turn red yes. because they're getting the spores. And at one point one of the transformers grabs one he's just like, "I'm a pepper. You want to be a pepper too?" And then like touches ah, the yeah, other guy yeah, and he same. turns red. And I remember going like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like that's a weird line. <laughs> I, and I think that's a reference <laughs> to like a, an 80s commercial for something. Uh ah, let's right, see. Yeah. What I love about the return of Optimus Prime is in season three, there's an actually really cool episode where they find Optimus Prime's body mm-hmm. floating in space and then he gets taken over by bad guys and then he sacrifices himself at the end. Oh, that- That's probably like my favorite episode from season three. Like it still doesn't make sense why. Like because when you see what happened <laughs> to the Transformers in the movie uh-huh. and they're all blown up and then all of a sudden it turns out that there's like this floating tombstone for Optimus Prime where like uh-huh. half of his face is kind of missing and stuff. And then he gets possessed and then he has to blow himself up at the end. And then at the end of the episode, even though this is like early on in season three, it's like, well, is this the end for Optimus Prime? (laughs) Find out next time in the return of Optimus Prime. (laughs) I love that fucking thing so much. But then the return of Optimus Prime. Doesn't
3: happen next time, it happens like at the end of season three. Oh, right, so that's season, like end of season three, okay. They never showed them consecutively over here. I think they did once when it was like originally aired, but it must have been the mid 80s. I remember it being on over here in the Saturday mornings and like the breakfast television shows. Mm -hmm. And so one episode, say Monday morning, you got up and before you got school in the morning and You're watching it and then you know you get the cliffhanger episode. Yeah, yeah. So it ends with the cliffhanger and then the next morning you're eager to see what happens and it's a totally different episode. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, What? (laughs) And then sometimes they would be consecutive. It's like they did the same way uh, over here with Quantum Leap. Remember Quantum Leap? Oh yeah. Some of those episodes would be like, you know he leaps at the end of the episode and then that sets up the next episode. Right. But when they wouldn't show it consecutively, it means it's all jumbled up.
1: Man, when I think about Quantum Leap, how has that concept not been revisited? It's a great concept.
3: You know somebody is in an office in LA right now just outlining the next series. You, You know they're doing that, probably. I'm surprised
1: it's taken this lawn. Quantum Leap has do you remember the ending?
3: Oh yes, yes.
1: The fucking just at the final just the weirdest episode and then just cuts to black and just Sam never made it home. Like just I don't
3: I, don't, I remember school the next day after that because me and all my friends used to watch it (laughs) all my friends being so angry (laughs) I was the only one that was okay with it I was kind of satisfied with the ending
1: it was such a strange episode but I just loved sometimes there's just these periods of time where like people make very strange decisions I mean nowadays I feel like there's so much riding on like the continuity of a series or the Mm -hmm. storyline of a show that even when shows get Uh cancelled they still find a way to like maybe rewrite the final you know like they got canceled in their second season but they had enough time to like make the second season feel like a finale and i love like in the 80s just so much disregard for the show that's been on for like five seasons and then just like yeah we're gonna cancel it just throw up a fucking (laughs) black screen with white (laughs) writing that just says he never made it home like not only did they do not only did they tag on a sentence but they made it depressing like they could have just said (laughs) and then he went home Right Like why did they choose To say that he didn't go home Like it's I
3: know I know (laughs) (laughs) I I remember You know the The actor that plays uh, Salmon at Scott Pequila I remember reading Mm. The interview with him I think it was Fangoria or Starburst Or one of those Magazines And it was about couple of months after it was cancelled. Oh my god it sounded so... It, although it was just text you could you could feel the disappointment come through in the pages mm. from him it was so sad because it was just like the rug was literally pulled from under his feet. He was told it was cancelled.
1: It seemed like it was like a last minute cancellation. It's like what a... Mm. The decision? I, I will never understand that decision to do the black screen with a depressing ending. They could have put any sentence there man. They could have done
3: anything like... You'd, you would think normally you would have thought they would have just made him get home and that would have been that, that would have been the straightforward ending well I think that that's what would happen
1: now like if I was doing that show now and then all of a sudden they say we're cancelled because that episode was already weird anyways it it felt yeah. like all these religious undertones and stuff that's right and then you could have just filmed one shot of him mm-hmm. walking into the light or something you know what I mean and just yeah. like he yeah. he did his final leap and now he's fucking leaping to heaven or whatever you know like whatever like I don't care <laughs>
3: You should have done the voiceover for it. <laughs> Do you know what I didn't realize for years later? Again, these kind of things bypass me for years, and then I stumble upon them. And the barman, obviously, is the guy. He's in the very first episode of Quantum Leap. The actor that plays the barman.
1: Yes, yeah, that was the whole thing about that episode, right? Like, weren't there several characters who he had seen them before in different adventures? Yeah,
3: that's right. Like Jimmy and that. And but it was quite clever how they'd done that. But they could have, they should have just kept that level of cleverness and just ended it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a clever way rather than just although Dean Stockwell Al they did kind of give him a little end and I think he get back not get back to his what, ex-wife or something like that
1: think of what they could do with that concept though yeah that's the hold on we gotta listen to another track but we'll we'll fucking keep uh, talking um, alright okay this is a nice funky track I dug this is Prime Operator by Garth Knight by garth knight and i'm here with garth knight right now we're talking about quantum leap
3: yes <laughs>
1: when i went back and watched quantum leap because i watched it when i was young and then when tv shows started coming out on dvd before netflix i was buying lots of old like dvd box sets of shows oh, yeah. and i remember thinking as much as i like the concept of quantum leap i found the first season really boring like when i went to revisit it yes and i thought it got cooler when they started introducing the kind of science fiction elements of like other people leaping
3: too. The evil leaper. Yeah, that was amazing. That I know what you mean about the first series. It was. I, although I, I love the first episode, with the pilot episode, I think that's absolutely amazing. Especially when you you know he gets to call his dad when he's at the baseball match. I thought that was really quite moving, actually. And I think the concept that's definitely like really original. But I think if they ever do a remake or a reboot of it as a series, if they don't get the actor right, it's just going to fail, no matter how good the script is. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Dean Stockwell and. Scott, because cool. those actors were just, it just made the entire thing work. I think, and also that concept, like <laughs> th- they could have gone, because they didn't really
1: exploit the full like science fiction potential. Yes, yes. there's this future rate where they like they fucking sent people into different people's bodies. Like, uh-huh. there's so much fucking cool stuff. That they could have done, and it was pretty much just like you know this this drama every week. That's right. You could do really cool things if they mm-hmm. wanted to. I would even love if they did a new show, just have an episode with Sam, just to fucking mm-hmm. do like the wrap up and just explain what happened to him. But I'm not a big fan of reboots. I feel like just fucking continue
3: the stories. Like it just oh yeah. yeah. I don't like when they reboot things it, it's frustrating I can't even think who could replace Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell as those guys though because there's plenty of unknown actors out there that or lesser known actors that could, could do the job probably Did you, <laughs>
1: do you remember the one speaking of politically correct <laughs> do you remember the one where he left into a guy with down syndrome yes Yes. Because that is the scene where he realizes... Is oh, that not the Jimmy one? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yes. You know, like in every episode when he looks at himself in the mirror and sees who he is uh-huh, <laughs> in uh-huh. that fucking scene. Just when you just see it now and go like, well, they wouldn't be able to put that on TV now. No, like, <laughs> no, no his, I when His dad's just like, and remember, don't let anyone call you a retard. And then, <laughs> or the mirror closes and you see him standing in front of like, he says, I'm a retard? And then the thing closes and there's like a guy with Down syndrome and you're just like, oh Does my gosh, like Does it's... Does he actually say that? Yes, he does.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: you know, there's just certain things that sort of date, uh, yes. <laughs> date stuff, and when you, the second you see it, it's, it's so wrong, you know? The
3: ones that I used to hate was when they'd they done the first ever one where he leapt into a woman's body, remember? And then that was, like, a big deal, and everybody was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see Quantum Weep who leapt into a woman's body, and it was funny and that. But then he'd done it again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and like, right, okay, stop doing that idea, you've done it before. We get it, he likes to dress up in dresses. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, I just don't want to see Scott Bakula with makeup in the desk and <laughs> so <laughs> I seen him in NCIS the other night, actually. Still doing his thing. Yeah, no, he's still around. They could still fucking wrap him up. They could, they could. Jimmy, if Mr. Samuels asks, you're not retarded, you're just slow. Okay?
4: Brian, your breakfast ready!
3: Hurry up. I'm retarded? I don't watch television Through the week at all I get in from work Which is about Six or seven in the evening My wife will watch A bit of television And I'll just go upstairs And that's it The only time I watch television is late on a Friday night or a Saturday night, and even then it's a, a DVD or a, a Blu-ray or something like that. I need focus. So, you know, I've got
1: kids, not to be a dick, but I just, I can't watch things unless I can focus, like if it's something that I really <laughs> want to see. <laughs> You're not being the dick. I'm exactly the same. So when there's people running around and noise going on, so basically the only time I can actually like sit and focus on a TV show is any time after like midnight.
3: Yes, I, I know that, yeah. But
1: then that also has to be that's my video game time. That's all because I uh, mean, because I need to focus. If I'm really getting into a game, I like to be able to sit down for more than five minutes without needing to get somebody something or whatever, right? So, yes. So, yes. everything has to be compressed into that time. Uh-huh. So, sometimes I don't even, I can't even make a decision on what to watch when I finally get the time to because there's so much uh, on yeah. my plate. There's all these movies that people have told me are really great. Mm-hmm. So, I end up just watching
3: a lot of just TV series that I'm already invested in. And then you get 15 minutes into one. You start one movie you get 15 minutes into it and you think oh I could maybe watch that other one yeah <laughs>
1: well that, that's the problem with Netflix because it's so easy yeah. to shut them off that like there are times where I'll start a film and just be like ah but it'd be so easy to just switch right now like just because yes. you have that choice
3: <laughs> I'd do that with Blu-rays have you ever seen zombie flesh eaters no <laughs> <laughs> that classic <laughs> It's one of these 80s horror movies That was banned over here For years mm. But guts, kind of Italian horror movie It was really good actually As far as those movies go But I, was, I had that And I had about Five other ones And I was thinking oh, One day i watch and So I know that feeling But I think it's worse With the Netflix things Because you're literally Just a couple of Button pushes And then that's you Changing the, the, the film No I know I do it all the time I
1: mean There's things I, I don't mind pausing But I don't really like To pause things So, But then when it's so easy Like if I'm watching Like a comedy special Like I don't mind mm-hmm. I can pause it And no. come back to it Like it's it's jokes, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I really want to get into movies, and you know, there's only that that period of time. That's why I watch more shows now because at least it's an hour. You know, or it's like 42 minutes. So if I'm watching like Better Call Saul or something, it's like I can just watch 40 minutes show.
3: And I know what you mean. You don't want to be sitting watching, um, for example, Blade Runner or something like that, and have to explain every scene to whoever's there at the time and constantly be distracted from it
1: yeah what I'm looking forward to right now because my son is young like he's six because all of my favorite movies are all rated R oh, right. right they're all restricted films or Peggy uh-huh. 18 or whatever it is in Piggy the UK. 18. Right. <laughs> I'm used to that with the video games. Uh, Whenever I see a video game advertisement and it's a British one, it's a Peggy (laughs) A.T. Because normally I would always have DVDs in the machine or movies in the machine going. But now it's always like kids TV and like these terrible shows because I can't just put in Terminator and press play and everyone's happy that that's on the TV. Because my son's Uh going to walk in and see some dude like blowing away 30 police officers or something. (laughs) So I have to wait till he's, I feel like at least 10 and then I'm gonna start bringing out the fucking. All right, we're gonna sit down and watch
3: Aliens now. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's the same with. If it's like, for example, the first time I get New York Ripper, I was worried about watching that with. With my wife And she loves horror movies She loves sci-fi movies And all that Because the New York Ripper Is a particularly nasty Italian kind of slasher movie From the 80s as well It is a bit misogynistic And it's kind of It is very nasty Some of it Especially the uncut version But she was absolutely fine with it It's not really one You need to focus on Because it's You know what to expect But it's a good little uh, You call it a giallo An Italian murder mystery You don't know who's the killer Till the very end Mm -hmm. So they've got that kind of thing Running through it But I know what you mean It's like All these horror movies And things like that I think to myself, is there any scenes in this that's going to be particularly offensive to women? And you don't want to be second guessing. I mean, like, because I'm not really a huge, like, horror film guy,
1: but definitely a lot of my favorite movies are restricted because they have some crazy, you know, like my, like I love, like, Scarface and, oh, yeah, you know, Terminator and Alien and stuff. And, you know, it's like they're not crazy violent all the time, but then there's always, like, one scene where someone's getting a chainsaw in the head, and then it's like, okay, oh, well, yeah, that's, Terminator's pretty violent, yeah. Yeah, Terminator's awesome. Yeah, <coughs> Or RoboCop, right? Like, that's another one. Oh, yeah. Because Gosh, I know, like, I, when I saw RoboCop when I was a kid, I walked in when my brother was watching it, and I walked in right at the part that fucking Alex Murphy was getting blown away, which is, like, the most <laughs> horrific sequence. Still
3: horrific, yeah.
1: I have a problem with that in horror movies. It's not so much the gore, it's, you know, the, the effects of whenever someone is... I mean, they have prosthetics on them, mm-hmm. so they have to stand kind of still in those old kind of gory movies because you can't oh, yeah, move yeah, around. Yeah. That's the thing that that upsets me is when a <laughs> character just stands there screaming while people are ripping them apart because they have to for the effect to work. okay. <laughs> because part of me just goes like, get the fuck out of there. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just, you're just standing there letting somebody cut your head off. Like, run away. It's like,
3: it's like the bit at the end of Day of the Dead with Captain Rhodes getting torn apart
1: and i understand like logistics of like why the effect is that way because obviously uh-huh. like the person can't move because they're hooked to hoses and all these other things uh-huh. but then it, cre- it creates this weird like that's the part that i find psychologically the idea that someone would just stand still and scream and let this happen yes. to them like that's the part that upsets me but it's clearly just uh-huh. because that's the only way to do that effect right you know <laughs> like
3: or else it would all fall apart yeah i, I love those old effects so the the prosthetics, the physical effects, mm-hmm. I think in Daily Dead they're just... To an extreme level of realism. Have you seen Day of the Dead yet? Yeah? I think I've seen bits of it. Obviously, you know, Dawn of the Dead was the kind of famous one in the shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Day of the Dead is kind of, it's not as well received, I don't think, by the fans, but it's I think it's my favourite one. But the effects in that, Tom Savini just took to crazy levels of realism. There's a bit when a guy gets, he's getting his head ripped off by the zombies and he's screaming at one point and it's all done in one shot, okay, so it never cuts mm-hmm. away. And it's a real actor screaming and then they've jump cut literally just like old school jump cut. And then ripping off the prosthetic head and it's animatronic so it's still screaming you cannot see the jump cut <laughs> yeah. and so when you're watching it it's like oh that's horrible <laughs> even though I know how it's done because I had Tom Savini's books when I was younger and all his makeup effects books oh, it's just it's, I mean, it's the art of illusion doesn't it so.
1: I always love that jump cut in Alien in in the first Alien film there's a uh-huh. scene where Ian Holm as the droid he starts freaking out and milk starts shooting out of him <laughs> yeah. and then his head gets knocked off and then Ripley takes his head and then right, places yeah. the rubber head on the table and then all of a sudden there's just this really sharp jump cut to when it's like Ian Holm's head and it's just Uh such an obvious jump cut like it's just it's amazing This part, I, I thought that looked alright as well <laughs> no you gotta go back My, and watch nice. it again like it's, it's, it's a pretty uh, shocking uh, cut but listen we should probably uh, we can probably wrap this up here yeah. but I want to listen to another song and then maybe we can do some like uh, parting words or something okay uh, this is a cool track this one's got a kick-ass bass line this is from uh, v- this is Video World Volume 2 hyphen Cybot <laughs> I said the hyphen but <laughs> anyway this song's awesome That was Video World 2, Volume 2, Video World, Volume 2, Cybot by Garth Knight, and I'm here with Garth Knight right now, and we're just talking about all sorts of nonsense.
3: (laughs) We're talking about their effects. That's right. Yeah, effects and Make all that face.
1: stuff. I'm not a huge horror film guy necessarily, but I appreciate the uh, the craft. If I'm going to, there has to be some sort of science fiction-y element. Yes, I would yeah. be more into, say, like The Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, even even though it's got all those horror elements, but it also has like the science fiction one too. Like, I'm not too big into just like mm-hmm. it's a guy with a mask cutting off people's heads. Like, <laughs> that's not my scene, really.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes you just... (laughs) Sometimes that's the the level of operating that my brain's just... On a Friday night, that's all I want to see. I don't want to think deeply about the moral messages. I just want to see... somebody getting chased about George Washington bridge at midnight
1: that might be the same thing that goes through my head when I throw on Grand Theft Auto yes. when I just my brain is off and I'll just turn on Grand Theft Auto and I just run around just shooting people and like just oh yeah you know, totally there we go like there's always that time where you have to uh, I guess indulge the um, the dark side
3: you just want to sometimes you just want to observe as opposed to what are they trying to say here and think about it consciously I think that's an issue too with I've had with a lot of modern movies as well as I feel things
1: now are very meta mm-hmm. you know like when you watch a lot of new movies they're always very referential to old movies like they're all made by people who understand cinema now so they reference the fact that they understand the references that they're making and stuff (laughs) yes that's why I like watching like 80s movies because a lot of times they are just pretty straightforward just like oh yeah it's a guy with a time machine he's gone back in time (laughs) and that's the film like because now I mean if you did a movie like back to the future now you know like if they did a movie where someone had like a time traveling car then they'd always be like winking at the screen going like this is like Back to the Future you know like they'd be uh, ma- that's because that's yeah. what new movies do right it's all about yeah making sure the audience knows that we know that they know that we know and it's just like fucking just do a straightforward fucking thing
3: <laughs> speaking about effects sorry to bring it back to makeup effects again but um, you mentioned the thing there you've seen the remake of the thing
1: I saw some scenes from it
3: mm, yeah well, I'm the same I've seen
1: specifically the death scenes I see a lot of posts from people all the time complaining about remakes mm-hmm. and I mean I've said this a million times this isn't like a new thought for me but I don't care that much. For me personally, it doesn't ruin the one that's good cuz a lot of the times these remakes come out and I don't think they're bad, they're just not special enough to be uh, of any acknowledgement. Yeah, they're just not as good, yeah. It's like uh, the RoboCop or Total Recall remake, like everyone is just <sighs> hating on them so much and I watch them and yeah. I'm like they're not bad, they're just not good. Like they're just sort nah. of there. Like they're not bad enough to hate. They're just nah, no, not good enough to also care about and at the same time the irony is a lot of those movies those franchises already been fucked up so like people when they were bitching about Robocop Mm -hmm. you know it's like dude did you see Robocop 3 (laughs) did you see those made for TV Robocop movies did you see the cartoon like that franchise was dragged through the fucking ground so don't act like don't act like this remake is the fucking problem. Like, they already yeah. fucked it up.
3: Yeah, totally. It brings it back into the next generation, doesn't it? They think, well, they go to see the remake of Robocop, alright, you can think what you like about it, but they'll maybe check out the original, mm-hmm. and then like it more, or whatever. But they'll probably, you'll probably find that they will check out the original if they liked the remake. I, I find that, because that, that's what I've done with movies in the past. Especially with, like uh, the thing, when I've seen the John Carpenter one first. And then I checked out the original, the, I think it was the old Howard Hughes one, the thing mm-hmm. from another world. That was pretty cool. The big Russian wrestler at the end is the, the alien monster. <laughs> with the square head. <laughs> it was a little bit less uh, effects-driven than the John Carpenter one, if, as you can imagine.
1: I'm trying to think if I... I I've never seen the 1930 version of Scarface. <laughs> I have. <laughs>
3: it's almost exactly as you imagine it to be. Yeah, okay, fair but enough. some like,
1: of the lines on hey, it are really good. The Blu-ray of Scarface I bought comes with the 1930 film like In the Case and I've never put it in you should check it right? I, I, I know I should I should I said one more thing to fucking watch <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> on the list but anyways man we should probably fucking wrap this up we've been talking for a long time oh should we have
3: will just check the time
1: though. yeah man it's been a while so uh, is there anything I didn't uh, talk about that you want to mention or
3: no I should probably do a shout out to Joey and Peter at the record label Lunar Boogie and Steve at Telefuture who have supported me through doing all the Garth Knight stuff and releasing the EPs and the albums they've bent over backwards for me and uh, helped me out no end especially Joey and Peter with the, the recent albums with Goliath and Car and that they've really helped in terms of the business side of things and promotion and things like that it's just something i Cannot do. Don't have the time to do either. <laughs> don't have the expertise. No, I'm the same way, man. I uh,
1: I do not have a business brain. But I did print up some BeyondSend business cards. I just don't know what to do with them. Ah. That's, that's, that's how far <laughs> as I've gotten Like business-wise. It's like I've got cards... And they're just sitting there. <laughs> physical cards or e-cards? No, they're physical cards. They're real cards, man. They're there. But... Uh, well, that's a step. I feel like I'm like a little kid like putting on a suit going like, I'm a businessman. Like, I don't know what to... You know, uh, I don't know what to, <laughs> I
3: don't know what to do with it. I had a friend that did that when he was 16. He printed off cards for himself but he didn't have a business so yep. no one actually knew why he printed the cards off it's <laughs> just had his mobile phone number his cell phone number on a card with his name on it and that was it <laughs> so there you go (laughs) well it
1: is an awesome thing to do well anyways man you have a you have a lovely day it was nice meeting you
3: yeah thanks very much for for the interview Andy it's really nice speaking to you keep making cool music I will do man I will do
1: so yeah man well you have a fucking uh, lovely day and uh, (laughs) fucking uh,
3: yeah it was good talking to you okay well all the best to you Andy and thanks so much for the interview nice speaking to you And
1: that was Garth Knight. I want to thank you all for listening, (laughs) y'all. I want to thank y'all for listening to Beyond Synth. And tune in next time, where my guest will be someone. It's exciting stuff. (laughs) Anyways, uh, have a good weekend, everybody. And uh, do good things. And tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is
0: as, coming up fast Breaking all the rules With his podcast I'm I've already five It's gone tight Beyond the Sips On fire Retro if You want the Metro This is essential We can't let you run away Beyond the The film may stay